feel like this might be easier. I want to have a button. Well, you we don't have slap a button. your own leg. Okay. Do you want to slap slap my gnomes around? <laughs> that's <laughs> Do you guys want to also? Do you want to chuck a Christmas gnome at me? <laughs> that's I want to like bang first. something, you know? Like bang your teeth together. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! Why are we friends? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Killeen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a center for spoilers, this week we're actually going to be wrapping the round and talking about multiple movies that we have already discussed. Um, so check out our Instagram and Twitter at We Explain Movies for spoiler timestamps on all those bad boys. Here's how it's gonna go. We're gonna start off with a game, a brand new game, Get Fucking Ready. Oh and then we're <laughs> gonna discuss the movies that we watched in this round collectively because we've all uh, seen at least one of them. So, all right. So, uh, I have a game for you guys this week that uh, I'm excited about because I came across it playing trivia. And so, I'm gonna be like the trivia master. I'm not gonna play the game, instead, you're gonna play the game. Okay. Probably I'm going to. Sorry. Kayleen versus Kimmy. Kayleen versus Kimmy. To explain this game, there is uh, the American Film Institute's AFI list. They have all those ones where it's like 100 best movie quotes, 100 best movies. And then this is the 100 best music moments in movies throughout like the past century. Oh my gosh. Really, it's just the 30s to the aughts. And so uh, how each round is going to go, we're going to go by decade. And I'm going to tell you what ranking the song is at. So an example would be, I would say number one is Over the Rainbow, and then you would say... Wizard of Oz. And you win. Same thing for you listeners. You can play. Um, I won't call on you, but you can play. <laughs> Kimmy, let's hear your buzzer. Kaylee, let's hear your buzzer. You can hear the difference. Okay, um, so another thing is that here are your hints throughout the game. Pay attention to the ranking. Like, if it's number one, it's obviously going to be something super right. big, like Wizard of Oz. Or maybe later it's going to be something... Not so much. I believe you've heard of all these movies. Are you going to tell us the decade or no? I'm telling you the decade. Oh, you are. Okay. And I'm telling you the ranking and the song title. Cool. I am not doing stupid things like number 85, Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that from? Yeah. Also, like, there was a bunch of options on there, like 9 to 5. And I was like, oh. is that from 9 to 5? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm ready. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> Kimmy's going to get them all. No, you're, <laughs> right. you're going to win. Oh, and also for each decade, I have um, two questions. Yes. But if you guys tie, like you get one and you get one, there's a tiebreaker one. Oh, okay. So there's the potential for a third each time. Okay. Um, and how we're keeping score is you have to win the whole round. Okay. So you and have that's to, one point? That's one point. Oh. <laughs> okay. Get stressed. Get stressed. From the you 1930s. This is the 19th greatest song, Someday My Prince Will Come. It's Snow White. It is indeed Snow White. <laughs> Point for Kimmy. Yeah. I'm scared you guys don't know this one. Number 69. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chad from SNL. <laughs> On the Good Ship Lollipop. Is it Wizard of Oz? No. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. You said it's number 69? But that does like a total hint. And Wait. It's, it's called On on the Good Ship Lollipop. And it's from... It's the 1930s. 1930s? Yeah. It's something we for sure know. Like I for sure know it. I'm guessing you guys don't because you would have gotten it by now. Can I guess? Yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No. Can you guys... 
Kaylee. Fox and the Hound. No. <laughs> um, that was what year that came Alright, fine. Out. I guess you guys did not watch Shirley Temple movies. Oh, um, I yeah. did, but... That I, was from Bright Eyes, which I was my favorite one. That, no. How does that song go? On the good ship lollipop, it's a sweet trip into oh, that you no, I've heard, heard her that. sing that. Yeah, I've heard On that. On the sunny beach of Peppermint Bay. Yeah, I love that song. We have, like, a collection of her movies, but I wouldn't know any of the titles. Okay. Okay, so what's the standing? Is this still the same round? It's still the same round. I have to go into my tiebreaker question. Why, but... This. Well, but, but she got of, one. But I won. Oh, true. Yeah. So Kimmy she wins. it. Good. I, I win. I tiebreaker. I was, like, <laughs> furiously looking for that. All right. Kimmy wins 1930. She's the queen of the 30s. Are you keeping track? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> for the 1940s, this ranks 47th zippity doo Kayleen. Is it Songs of the South? Yeah, it is. Song of the South. God damn it. I was going to say, um, Splash Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was nervous to call it somebody. (laughs) Okay. Uh, number two, second best song, As Time Goes By. (laughs) This is number two on best movie. So just think about the fact that it's number two. Yeah, okay. Okay, I need a sec. Obviously. (laughs) I'm like making up a fake song in my head. As time goes I'm, by. I'm gonna take a guess. Kimmy. Is it Sleepless in Seattle? No. Okay. What year is this? The 40s. So right. <laughs> the 40s. The 40s. <laughs> What's the name oh, of the song? As Time Goes By. I feel like I've never seen a single movie from the 40s, but there are gonna be like cartoons. Oh god, I, I don't know. This really makes me laugh. Alright, so I'm gonna tell you the answer because like of course they would give it the number two slot. It's okay. not even as iconic as... Over the Rainbow, it's from Casablanca. It's the song that they play at the piano. I obviously don't know that. That's funny. Okay. So Your dad is so disappointed. My dad is really disappointed. Kayleen wins that one then. Yeah. Queen of the 40s. Queen of the 40s. And the 40s are way better than the 30s. <laughs> well, get ready for them 50s, Kimmy. Yeah. Shoebop ba bop Uh, number two. I was like, is that the name of the song? <laughs> no, this one... Again, you gotta think of the movie, because you're gonna know who sings it, but you gotta know the movie. Yeah. Number 12, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Kayleen. Moulin Rouge. No! Oh, oh but it's from something else. Oh, oh, fuck. We're in the 50s. Kimmy. God damn it. Some Like It Hot. Nope. Wait. Ooh. Ooh. That's not it? Nope. That's oh my God, not that's a, it? Kayleen. It's, it's... No. Oh my God, I know it. Uh, something about... Gentlemen prefer bonds? Yes. Ah! I like really, that was a mouthful for me. <laughs> Gentlemen prefer bonds? Oh man. <laughs> Again, we're in the 1950s. <laughs> I panic. <laughs> Number 42. Luck be a lady. Kayleen. Guys and dolls. Guys and dolls. What the fuck? Kayleen Nailed the it. Queen of the 50s. <laughs> oh man. This is a fucking Yeah, I don't know any oldies, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> don't you know? Alrighty, in the 1960s. Number 29, Born to be Wild. Stop. I'm sorry, I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew you didn't. I don't think either of you know this one. No? No. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. It's Easy Rider. No, oh, I've never yeah. seen that yeah, ever. I don't either. Um. So, number 35... This is a tricky one. America. We've definitely seen this? You would know it. And you probably have seen it. America. <laughs> oh, from the 60s. I'm singing all the wrong songs in my brain. Mm-hmm. This is a really tough one because it's like there's so many patriotic songs. And I'm so just my to think hint of a patriotic is, movie. My hint is don't think patriotic. Oh. 
don't know. Don't think patriotic. Yeah. Wow, I don't think there's going to be a winner of the 60s. <laughs> That's West Side good. Story. Oh. Yeah. That one's tough. Alrighty, uh, one of you got to get this one, otherwise I win the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Number 80, Springtime for Hitler. Kayleen. The producers? Yeah. Oh. Alrighty, okay. so far, Kayleen has control think, of all the decades but the 30s. I think that would be funny if we don't get it that you get a point. <laughs> like, like the dealer gets a point. Yeah, actually, I win that round. <laughs> what? No, I got yeah. one. Yeah, but you won the tiebreaker question. I won the first two. <laughs> well, I even ask a tiebreaker question. Because that's for, like, if one of you gets it and the other one gets it. Mm-hmm. All right, do me proud in this round, because I like these songs. No, is this the 80s? I actually don't like this song. 70s. The I'm going to slay you in the 80s, bitch. No, no. Well, you're already... <laughs> she, probably, she probably picked tricky ones for the 80s. I Maybe actually have something I want to talk to you about after the fact, oh, okay. so remind me to talk about the 80s after this. All right, okay. the 1970s. Number nine... Staying alive. Kimmy. Okay. Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, have, sure. <laughs> have you seen that? No. No? Wow. I didn't know that. Alrighty. <laughs> She's so vicious now. She's so angry. Number 33. Grease. <laughs> Stop. You... She didn't Stop. get it. She didn't She's get it. She's not going to say the song Grease. <laughs> <laughs> Number 33. Aquarius. What the shit is that? Hair. Yes! Kimmy won the 70s. Wow. I never even fucking seen it. <laughs> hair is one of my top five favorite musicals. Really? I love hair. Alrighty, it's Kayleen's decade, the <laughs> no, 80s. I'm stressed. And it is tied two to two. And then one point for Courtney. <laughs> Alright, the 1980s. Number 86. I've had the time of my life. No! <laughs> dancing! Dirty Dancing. I had to get that out really fast. It was I've Had the Time of My Life, and it's Dirty Dancing. I would just like to point out for extra credit that I've had is in parentheses. Thank you. Uh, Well, I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Extra credit. There's another one that I'm, like, really mad I couldn't put in here because I wanted to do uh, What a Feeling, but in parentheses it's Flashdance, and, like, I wanted to leave out that part, but I thought that was cheating. Yeah. I feel like if I had just said number 86, parentheses, you would have been like, parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) Number 40, Fight the Power. This is the 80s. Yes, and it's one of the dopest movie openings ever. Is it a movie we've seen? I don't think you guys have seen it. But I was hoping that maybe you had just, like, through film knowledge, known about this opening. I just guess? Yeah, go for it. Risky Business? No. I guess then. Full Metal Jacket. Mm, no, it's uh, do the right thing, uh, and it opens with Rosie that. Perez just in front of like a brick wall, and she does the craziest dance moves Aww, in, like a leather jacket. Cool. It's mm-hmm. the oh my gosh, it goes on for and on. It's so good. Okay, so Kayleen won that round. Yay! The 1990s. I'm gonna skip this one. It's just it's gonna end up being who can ring in the fastest, and that doesn't seem fair. It's, okay. it's my heart will go on at number 14. Oh. <laughs> Titanic. I mean, we cannot. Say yeah. It. So I guess there is no tiebreaker one for this round. Okay. okay. Number 27, Unchained Melody. <sighs> Kayleen. Is it Ghost? It's Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, Oops, Oops. Oh, I'm so proud of that one. Yeah. <laughs> number 65, I will always love you. Kimmy. Do you know the name of the movie? I don't think she does. Come <laughs> on, <laughs> Do you, Kayleen? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh. I, oh, I pull know. it, pull it out of thin air. Do it. Come in for the win. <laughs> oh, 
my god. I don't she's, know. I don't know. She's I did I fake I did a fake out. Yeah. Who sings it? <laughs> she did a major fake Kelly. out. You know who sings Whitney it. Whitney Houston. Yeah, that's correct. Alright, Kayleen who sings it or what movie is it from? The Bodyguard. Yes. I don't even know what that is. With Kevin Costner. They fall in love, Kimmy. It's a very romantic. Last round. The two thousands. Oh, snaps. Oops, Number snaps. 85. Come what may. Oh, Moulin Rouge. Rouge. It's Moulin it's Rouge. Damn it. Rouge. <laughs> Rouge. Nice. Number 93. Lose yourself. Oh, goddammit. This was in our first tiebreaker. Kayleen? Eight mile. Yeah, all right. Here comes the tiebreaker. Here comes the tiebreaker. <laughs> Are you stressed, audience? For control of the 2000s. If I get this, do I even win? No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you might. Number 98. Maybe neither of you have seen. Oh. All that jazz. Kimmy? Chicago. Damn. Damn. Yes. My first my first thought was all that jazz when I was like, that's more night. That's another one that's on the list. All that jazz oh, from really? <laughs> Jazz and Cabaret from Cabaret. Oh, that's funny. Kimmy, you have one. Kayleen. Kayleen. Courtney. <laughs> Kimmy. Kayleen. Kayleen. Kimmy. Three. Ooh, three to four. <laughs> if you had won that round that I won, you would have won. Uh, <laughs> true that. The thing I wanted to talk about the 80s. Yes. Don't You Forget About Me didn't make the list. At all? Wow, you're kidding me. I was for sure, I was like, she's not going to include it because it's too yeah. easy. Well, that didn't, that that didn't really, make the list? That didn't make Wait. the list. Johnny B. Good didn't make the list. I don't Are know. You, well, just, Power of Love did, didn't it? No. Are you fucking serious? I'm pretty sure it didn't. Wow. Yeah, Power of Love didn't Are make the list. Are you serious? That one I also thought would be on there. Also, like, I have a little bit of a problem with the American Film Institute because it's really just a lot of them just, like, Loving the classic era, For and I'm sure. like, there are other eras, right, <laughs> you right, know. Right. Of course, the classic era was good. It was when film was first being done. Yeah, so it's definitely not spanned out evenly. Like of yeah. the 2000s, I gave you all their options. Are you serious? Yeah, of wow. lose yourself, all that jazz, and come what may. Honestly, wow. like lose yourself as a movie moment is like so fucking good. It's very good. Yeah, it's so good. The payoff of like getting to hear it after like watching him write it. I know. Oof. It's so good. Also, I want to say that like. 80% of these are from musicals. And I'm like, well, that's a musical. Right. The whole thing is a music moment. Yeah. Some of my favorite music moments aren't, like, you know, lyric songs. They're, like, they're oh. just orchestral, like, composition. For sure, you know? yeah. Like fucking the the Darth Vader, what's it called? Imperial oh, yeah, March. March. Yeah, that'd that's be That's so dope. iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there is one for compositions, but that would be a ridiculous game for me. <laughs> 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 yeah, that'd be really hard. <laughs> You'd cool. be like, well, they, aren't they usually named like, yeah, that one I think is called the Imperial March, but it would be like something something composition number two or something. I like would that. love it if I was just like overture and you guys. <laughs> A lot of like orchestral songs from movie soundtracks are just named after like the description of that oh, scene. Yeah, like. The yeah. dinosaurs enter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the Bridge of Khazad-dum and Lord mm. of the Rings, that's, like, where they are. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like the name of, um, the iconic pirate song. What is it called? It's something really, that I'm like, what? From, like, Hans Zimmer, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. It's something where, like, every time I go and I want to find it, I'm like, where is it? Oh, I guess it's not that bad. It's Swords Crossed. But, like, I feel like it should have a doper title. Right, yeah. <laughs> It should just be called The Black Pearl. Like, come on. <laughs> There's a song on the Pirates one called Barbosa is Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, one of us had to guess that for an answer? <laughs> Barbosa is Hungry. <laughs> should we play this version? <laughs> That's 
there's funny. a song that this is just so amazing because it's a great line from the movie, but in the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack, it's called "He's a Pirate." <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> is that like a? It must it be should a be. You're dialogue. Not Are you? It's dialogue, and it sounds great in the dialogue, but like as a song title, "He's a Pirate." Yeah. <laughs> just he's a pirate. Great. Cool. So let's get into the discussion business. Sweet. Let's let's say all the movies that we did this round. So yes. Kayleen went first with Serenity, which I have now seen. Mm-hmm. Then Kayleen and I went next with Children of the Corn. Which We're not no, talking about that. Nobody today. cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <gasps> then it was Kayleen and Kimmy. Yes, and we did T2. Yes. Which I have seen, so we will be talking about that. We did the lighthouse. Kimmy and I did the lighthouse, mm-hmm. which sadly Kayleen hasn't seen yet because I have it. It's, it's not because yet it's because I can't get it until Christmas Eve. That's sad. True. Yeah, a great movie to watch yeah. around the fire. I do want to watch it before we do our thing. <laughs> and then after that, Kimmy explained the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which I watched with the time I had before we recorded. So I've seen a little bit. <laughs> and we're gonna talk <laughs> about like it let's a do little. Ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one of the round, I Courtney explained Junebug, and they both have seen it. Woo! Yes. So we will talk Junebug. Alrighty, starting with Serenity. I'm excited. In in I guess just chronological order, mm-hmm. um, or maybe just a first note about the movie. Um, I enjoyed watching it. I really wish I had watched it with you, Kayleen, and then oh, we could yeah. have talked the whole time while watching it. Oh, for sure. Um, but I mean, we already had a fun enough time going over the ridiculousness of it that I just was like, ah, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's mm-hmm. the thing. But um, overall, didn't hate this movie. I don't think it needed to be made or was very good. <laughs> but I rated it very high when we did yeah, <laughs> the explanation that. of it on accident. But you, but like I get why because but you the get ending why. like tricks you into being sad. Yeah, and as an explanation, it it worked so well. Like mm-hmm. Kayleen, you told me just an amazing story that I loved. <laughs> um, and now we'll get into um, the actual bit of it. So. My first note is that Diane Lane talks like a video game character, and mm. I loved it. Because this was a great movie to go in knowing the twist. The twist yeah. of Serenity is they're all trapped in a video game, uh, which is so weird. <laughs> they're not even, like, trapped in it. They're just... They're Living just, in it. They are They are the video game. Yeah, they, they are the video game. The only game. one who's, like, self-aware is Matthew. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just... It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, because also, like, this movie looks like Oscar bait, and then it's like, you, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, it's got all these amazing people in right. it, and it's got, like, a darkness to it, but then at, at the end of the day, it's like, it's The Sims. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, she talked kind of like one of those... Um, in the game characters mm-hmm. that just like is feeding you dialogue that doesn't matter. Oh, mm-hmm. And both times that her and Matthew have sex, you don't see it. And it right. it really reminded me of like how like video games do like cutaway scenes where it's like this is the part we're allowed to watch right. and we don't get to actually see that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they're done having sex, she like does the same exact move where she like puts her sheet over herself and sits in the same pose. And I was like, it's her like returning to her natural video That's game cool. state. Mm. And I really liked that. Um, cause I knew the twist. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the first time that we saw the world's greatest dad mug was so subtle. I know. And I loved it. It it's, does not do like a sh- clear shot of him putting the mug down like I thought it would. You mm. can't even really tell what it says. You can just kind of see that he's got a mug. Yeah. Um, it was great. Um, <laughs> My advice to listeners and just everyone, if you are born on an island, don't trust shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on. Truman Show, and right. now this. Like, if I am born on an island, I am <laughs> leaving my the first life. chance that I get. Yeah. Um, 
the this, these notes are just I'm, you, you gotta listen to our episode to know what I'm talking about because otherwise these things are just gonna sound so disappointing. Yeah. Also, the Serenity one's good. Go listen. It's it's one of the best. <laughs> um, there's a shot of Diane Lane watching Baker Dill dock his boat, and I just think that this movie, if they had cut that. And then every other time we see characters that are not Baker Dill, I would have believed this twist. Uh. Because there's no need to see a side character who is not aware they're in a game doing anything. Right. You know, like, when I'm playing Sims and I'm not focused on my family of four, how, how annoying would that be if all of a sudden the screen just cut away to a different Sims family and I, right. like, had to watch them for a second? <laughs> well, and also, like... We, I mean, I guess it could be, like, the Toy Story complex where we don't know what they're doing or we're not looking, yeah. but when I am walking around in a game, and you know how the characters will kind of be, like, bouncing around so yes. that they're, they have movement, but anytime I leave, anytime I'm looking at them, they're standing in the same spot. Diane Lane doesn't have a life of her own. Exactly. She services Matthew. Yeah. I would kind of love it if, like, we just saw, like, a weird shot of... Maybe through the window we see Baker docking, but we just see Diane Lynn standing in a corner. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, with her arms oh. locked at her side. Well, and because that would be perfect, because this is kind of a thrilling movie, yeah. so you'd be like, oh, shit, this is a horror film of some right? sort. But you'd then be like, what's Diane Lane doing? <laughs> yeah. Or if or if it was like, a, you know those games, like, like, what's a game where, like, a lot of people from different households play in the same arena? Oh, like Fortnite or something? Like Fortnite. Oh, oh like, a, like a battle game where you're, like, playing yeah, from different... Yeah. yeah, so, like, a lot of people log on to the yeah. same server. Yeah. Like, if they establish like Call that... Like or something? And, like, Matthew is doing his journey, but, like, far away we see Diane Lane, like, involved in whatever her journey is because mm, some other, like, player cool. is controlling Ooh, her. Like Diane Lane's daughter, who's also a great gamer. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, yeah. Then that would be more, make more sense to establish that character For with, sure. like, a like a sense of self, you know? That'd but, be cool. Yeah, so I just, like... So she's servicing other yeah. players. Uh, they went with a gimmick, and this could have been so cool if they just, like, did everything to go with this video game gimmick. Mm-hmm. I would like that. Um, moving into Anne Hathaway time... Her entrance is Twilight level ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Oh my gosh. I, isn't it insane? It was like Breaking Dawn parts one and two in a single second. <laughs> like, like that's overwhelming. She's like glistening and like this music swells and it like spins around her whole body. We should make a gift that says like summary of Breaking Dawn part one. It's yeah. just that. <laughs> it was it was rough. I laughed out loud. Um and then all of Frank and Karen's fighting was just so over the top mm. to me. Um, the second we see Frank, she screams at the top of her lungs. Like, he just walks into their bathroom and she screams. And it was really scary because, not that, that there was no reason for her to scream. But then he's so rapey. And yeah, I got so sad rapey. instantly. And, um, yikes. It was, it was a lot of yikes, everything he did. Um... I wrote, who in the world is Jeremy Strong talking to? The audience? Cool, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because he's he's part of the game. Right, it it yeah. was just, it was, and it, it never occurred, like, with him next to somebody. It just, like, it just was so weird. Imagine, again, playing a video game and it cuts away to someone you don't know, just, like, saying things to a wall, and you're like, why are you saying those things? <laughs> Maybe it's okay. a glitch, like, you know how the glitch, like, you drive, you walk past them and they, they start their sequence, but they're not looking at you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I got an arrow in the knee. <laughs> yeah, imagine how cool this game would be <laughs> if, 
you're not allowed to play it. Like, it's not a Bandersnatch yeah. situation. But if all of a sudden Jeremy Strong starts talking and a little X appears above his head and then it just, like, shuts him up for a quick second oh, and he, yeah. like, Bigger Dill just walks right past him. Like, if they left little hints along the way, that'd mm-hmm. be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also he says... Somebody says, he hears you through his computer screen. And I was like, you gave everything away that fast? Yeah. This was so early. And I was like... You know what I just thought of as a comparison of a movie that knows how to play with very tiny things? Hmm. Shutter Island. Mm. Yeah. Like when the smoke goes backwards and the cup, like the amount of water in the cup changes. Like stuff like that would have been... It, it's not obvious, but yeah. if you're paying attention, you'll be like, something's wrong. That's it makes it rewatchable, like, too. Yeah, you go back and see all those yeah. all continuity the situations. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I yeah. feel like this movie could just, if somebody who actually was, like, maybe an avid video game player mm. went through and told the director what to add, like, if they had, like, a consultant or something, because I don't know if this guy's even a gamer. And you know what? The three of us aren't even that big of gamers, no. but somehow we have more knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, right? I've seen a game. (laughs) Um, Which leads me to this. Why design a video game where your parents bone in front of you and your mom gets beaten and raped by someone else? This is so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It was so sad. I... If you're thinking about it from the kid's perspective, watching the game, yeah, that's pretty dark. You you coded this. It doesn't have to be this way, Sonny Boy. Like, you don't... I mean, I get that he's maybe expressing, like, his trauma and working through it, but, like, I don't feel like that's helping you. Well, and that's where this movie doesn't make sense, because I don't think that that's how it's supposed to be. But if we're following their logic, then that's... Then, yeah, he made that happen. But I think Mm -hmm. the movie makers are like... No, it's just happening. But where do the where does the logic end? And where does the free will begin? Like, yeah. how much free will do these characters sure. have? Because you're arguing they have zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I guess that's true. Because your Sims, in some way, have um, free will. Like, like if, if you I don't, don't touch them, to them, if you don't do yeah. stuff to them, that they're gonna do stuff themselves. It's right. not gonna work out very well. Right. But they still have some some level of autonomy. Imagine if your Sims started abusing one another, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't they, like, you can, I mean, I don't people, think... people do effed up stuff to their Sims. Yeah. They'll be like, I trapped him in a pool of fire. See, that's the best one, is to put them in a pool and then remove all of the ways to get out. <laughs> you know how many of my Sims died making macaroni and cheese? All of them. <laughs> I would really like a movie that's, like, well, like, well educated and more well-formed, but it's about Sims, but you don't know it's the Sims That'd until later. Cool. Yeah. And you're like, why are the characters doing it? Doing these things to you each other. You think they're sociopaths? Yeah. Oh, a really dumb way to do that. <laughs> like the Sims would be become sentient. Have, yeah. have all of them have some form of like green on their head. Like a girl oh. has like a green bow and a guy has like a green baseball cap or Again, something. Again, listeners, don't steal our ideas. If <laughs> I ever see a Sims movie in the next 45 years. And there should be, it should be something really lame where like the title has the word Sim in it. Like, it'll be called like symmetrical. I was going <laughs> to say. simulation. Isn't that what Sim is? Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, like, simple times. Yeah. Simple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I guess the title simulation gives it away. Right. (sighs) A little bit more. Mm -hmm. But mine is, yeah. I'm still in line with this topic is that my next note says, Baker gets mad at him and is like, why are you saying these things? You don't even know what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote, neither do you, bitch. Do you have control over what you're saying? Yeah. I don't think you do. Like, you didn't wake up in the morning and decide to go smash a coconut and say some, like, a little prayer to the statue. Like, you were told to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But Duke is one of the weirdest characters ever written. (laughs) (laughs) He spent his entire life savings of two grand 
to fuck Frank up, like to pay people to right. go and beat Frank up, and here's what I wrote down. That is the worst video game character ever. Because <laughs> imagine you are playing Banjo Kazooie, and oh my goodness. you make it to the final boss, and you're so excited to beat that witch named like Grisabel. <laughs> Are you making this up, or is this a real game? No, Grunty the witch. I think her name's Grunty. <laughs> banjo Kazooie. Imagine you're you're Banjo, and you make it all the way to go and kill her. And then Kazooie comes in and goes, actually, off screen, I killed her to save you from yourself. No, but, but it would be, it would be, I beat her up so bad, all you have to do is hit square and you win. Imagine how frustrating that would be. Because Duke ruins his whole plan. That's and, true. and then he's like, you can't go kill the guy you want to kill. And it's like, what have I been working towards this whole time? Oh, so frustrating. That's pretty funny. Thank you. I was really proud of that 90s reference. I never played Banjo-Kazooie. Instead, I just watched my mom play it. What? Your mom played Banjo-Kazooie? My mom beat is. all of Banjo-Kazooie like What twice. a thing to find out about your mother. Right? Yeah. Oh, this is the end of my notes. Oh, nice. Hey, that was and good. I think it's because um, I didn't take notes during the last 20 minutes because I was like, wow, what a wild ride. Right. Um, and... Overall, just, like, there are so many tweaks that you could make, and this would not make this an A-plus movie, no. but it would make it, like, a, a movie people talk about. Mm -hmm. Instead, this movie... Nobody watched nobody it. Nobody watched it, and nobody cares, mm -hmm. and, um... Also, maybe it would have been better without such high brand named people to it. Maybe, yeah. It might have been like a bunch of nerds really found it to be like a cult classic yeah. or something. They're never going to find it to be that now. Yeah. And also just too much, too much wild snot. Well, happened. and then it makes, for a movie with such a crazy twist, again, I think they planned for the like emotional payoff to be way greater than it was because if you're going to attach people of that high caliber, I'm going to take it more seriously. So yeah. when we get a twist like that, it's really off-putting. Whereas yeah. if it wasn't... A-listers, I would have maybe gone into it thinking it would be a little more quirky. Right, the same way that kind of like movies like, um, I've been hearing just so much praise lately for it, and like deservedly so. I love Ryan Johnson, but like people mm. keep mentioning Looper, which I know oh, you yes. really like. I did like it. And I think it's because it just wasn't like, like it kind of was A-listers, but not Oscar A-listers. Mm. It was like Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Yeah. Where it's kind of like, yeah. Matthew and Anne both have Oscars. <laughs> like, they don't need to be in this. <laughs> yeah. It kind of feels like the story, like, the inception of the story was something that was really good, and there was, like, well intention around it, and then it just kind of got out of hand in the writer's room or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. I'm, like, there's no need for any of this fish business. The kid was way younger than I thought he was. He oh. was a baby. He was yeah. really cute. He reminded me of, like, a Noah Jupe. Mm. He didn't do anything the whole movie, right. but I was like, you're cute. He had a look like that. Yeah. And then I really wanted that, that last line of, um, somewhere there's a me and you together, and then when, like, his son runs into his arms, I really wanted it to be, like, Lovely Bones level, and it wasn't. Yeah. And so then I went and I watched The Lovely Bones. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Sorry to, like, keep talking. I'll shut up after this. But I mean, I also, watched, we've yeah. all seen this one, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah this is nice now, too. Yeah. I watched Terminator 2. Yay. T2. I think I'll save my, like, my big review because it's in the middle of my notes. Okay. And I'll just start with, um, I really liked this opening part because it's got narration in it and she's talking about how, so, T2, go listen to that episode once again. Or maybe mm -hmm. you've seen it, so it's fine. Um, but Sarah Connor is narrating what it's like when they sent the T series back in time a second time, and she's yes. like, and they sent two of them back this time, one a protector and one uh, the opposite of that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she says, 
it was just a question of which one would reach him first. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she's done saying that, the theme starts, and it just, on screen, it says Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, that's so cool, because it's like, it's just the opening credits, but it tells you Arnold's going to get to him first, and it's going to be a good thing. Because, again, I knew the twist. But, I mean, you said people would know it from the the trailer, but I thought that was really cool. Then it's got those playground shots, and those were very scary. Mm -hmm. Aren't they? Yeah, haunting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they used it a lot, and I was terrified every time. <laughs> like, there's even, like, cute little horsies that are on fire, I... and I was like... <laughs> James Cameron must have had such a time, like, setting a playground on fire. Right. It, it all looks practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first qualm, they said Sarah's only 29. No. She can't be. Because isn't he at least 13? He's 11. He's 11. So she was 18 in Terminator 1? That's she's ridiculous. supposed to be young, but I want to say she's supposed to be like twenty. Yeah, so I think maybe they just were like having fun, and they were like, "No, she's actually this old." Yeah, and I was I like, think, "No, she's not." I think they were like kind of got caught in a one of those like, "I want to make it this year, but I have to adjust yeah. this thing." Yeah, Very Marvel conundrum. Let a them. woman be thirty. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> no one will watch it, Courtney. She's ancient. That's why she's playing a mother. <laughs> I loved all the mall confrontation and the sounds with the the music. Mm. It was like the bullets were the music once they're in that, like, the back hallway of the mall. Mm -hmm. I really liked that. Uh, Here's a critique you guys might not like. Oh, no. (laughs) John Connor is a little shit. (laughs) He he is. He's a punk. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was getting real (laughs) frustrated with him. He grew on me. Yeah. But it took a while. And I was like, can you just... Well, I mean, that that opening shot in itself where, like, he flips his hair. Yeah. It's like, can you calm down? (laughs) (laughs) He was a lot. Yeah. Um, I just was like, stop being such a little punk. Yeah. Um, Sarah, when she's in the hospital, I wrote, I'm so sick of seeing movies where men lick women's faces. I know. Somebody licks her face? Like an orderly at the hospital. I think we left that out because we didn't want to talk about it, but remember the guy, like, we kind of were like, oh crap, does he rape her? I don't oh, remember. that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was really mad. I'm glad yeah. that didn't happen. But then she murders his ass. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. But stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the third movie we've yeah. done where a man licks a woman's face. <laughs> that's Maybe true. more. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe more that we've cut out, honestly. Seriously. Um, John then was very cute doing the high-five scenes in the desert where he's Mm. teaching him the high-fives. That's where I was like, all right, I need more of this throughout the movie. You need to be this cute. Um, In all caps, the F word, (laughs) the apocalypse scene was too much. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It was pretty crazy. (laughs) That was too much. (laughs) I know you warned me, but... We couldn't quite warn you. Her skeleton flaming body screams into the (laughs) flamey abyss. And she's, like, like, melting onto a metal fence. Maybe it's because you didn't realize why they won the CGI, like, whatever. What is it? Visual effects? That was so scary. Yeah. When she comes in with a flipping machine gun and is shooting her way through the scientist's home, Mm. I was like... Way to turn yourself into a Terminator, basically, Sarah. Yeah, like, yeah. you're coming in here and you're inflicting, like, serious traumatic harm yeah, on, like, true. this whole family and this little child. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to be an adult experiencing this. You're ruining his life. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of a, a really interesting parallel, though. Yeah. You know, she's she's trying to stop the thing that she's becoming. Yeah, she yeah. really is a yeah. Terminator, basically, yeah. because she didn't expect all this, and she, worse, she's doing it to, like, a four-year-old or a yeah. six-year-old. I was like, this is too much. Well, and also, the Terminator says, like, maybe you should just let her do it, so it's clear that her mindset is now that of a Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my last note of it is 
I feel like a bad movie fan and a failure to my friends for not enjoying this. You didn't oh. like it? Talking about it right now, I'm liking it more, mm. but then I'm thinking, like, Kimmy gave this a 10. Yeah. Like, you loved it, and I was very surprised by that, because it's just, it's so (laughs) action-y, and that's just not really my cup of tea. Like, it has to be a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie for me to, like, really be on board with those things. Um, cause I'm, like, even John Wick, those are dope movies, but mm-hmm. I still just wasn't game for it. How, okay, just out of curiosity, not, I'm not gonna be offended, but yeah. how does this compare in your eyes to Die Hard? I liked Die Hard way more. Okay. Would you say this is better than Die Hard? Um, I feel like maybe people would, but Die Hard I think is more iconic. It for mm-hmm. sure is. Die Hard is more iconic. Like, people, yeah. people who don't know shit about movies know stuff from Die Hard, and, and I, would, I would argue that people who don't know shit about movies don't know stuff from Terminator 2. They know it's, like, a good sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I would say it's more iconic, and therefore I've seen it way more times. I find it, like, maybe more fun. It's, it's funny, mm-hmm. and also, like, there's not um, chase scenes. Chase scenes mm. are rough. <laughs> you have yeah. to, like, you know, they're just kind of, like... I get it. Like, I'm, I'm watching a chase scene for a right. really long time, and the only way that those are good is when they're doing something crazy, like mm-hmm. Ray, you know, like, jumping over Kylo's ship and stuff like that. It's Whoa. just in the trailer. <laughs> it's in the trailer. I didn't, I didn't know his Yeah. Shirt. She was just uh, nervous. <laughs> or, or just, like, everything that, like, Bucky does. Yeah. Bucky makes a chase scene amazing, because mm-hmm. he's doing all these kinds of crazy mm-hmm. things. Um, Parkour. And, like, they did do crazy things in this, but a lot of times they were just in a truck. That's fair. fair. (laughs) Yeah. And Die Hard, it's not about the chase scenes. It's about, like, working their way through a whole building. Yeah. I would argue that Die Hard is, it's more on the clever side, whereas this one is more focused on the heart Mm. of the story, you know? So those chase scenes are kind of expendable to get us to another location. Yeah. Yeah, to get us to another location. And, um, I don't know, like... I don't really care for any of these people. (laughs) (laughs) Arnold was cool, but, like, he's always Arnold to me. Mm. Linda Hamilton, I just, I wish that that woman had been given something to do throughout her career, because, like, she is an iconic character of Sarah Connor, but, like, I'm sad I don't really dig Sarah Connor that much. And then she just kind of has not been in much else. Mm -hmm. And then this little boy, I thought he was good for the part, but I kind of wanted a cuter boy. Aww. Aww. I thought he was so cute. cute. Like, less of a punk. I liked him. (laughs) I wanted, like, a sweet little baby. Yeah. Um, But instead he's, like, angry. But I guess he would be. Like, that's a good character. (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's not, not my cup, cup of, of tea. tea, and that's fine, like, yeah. because I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie. Yeah. It's, I know it's a good movie that yeah. people love, um, and so, yeah, I'm really glad I watched it. I'm glad yeah. I saw it. Now you know. I immediately watched Titanic afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I like that these movies sparked you to watch other movies. Oh yeah, I popped out the DVD, put Titanic right in there, and I... <laughs> I wrapped your guys' Christmas presents while watching it, and I was having, like, the time of my life. <laughs> I kept, like, saying all the lines before they said them. That's great. I haven't watched Titanic in, like, a year, but I was really having fun. That's great. Um, okay, so I watched part of The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Okay, so I have several notes about cinematography, so I'm just gonna put them all into one. Mm-hmm. I've only seen 20 minutes of this movie, and it's already, I am just blown away by the cinematography. Mm -hmm. I, as I've said to you guys before, I don't feel very articulate on this topic, but for me to be watching a film and I can't get it out of my head how beautiful things look, like, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. It felt like, especially during the train scene, which I felt like that was 
so good it was sexual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the dream scene, like, just with everyone walking through the fog I know. and, like, the, masks, oh, the, the light darkness. in the trees, I, I was just, I like, dying. Um, <laughs> so, and I don't know if you remember, like, this note that I gave, but, like, he was like, I want to put everything that I've ever learned about cinematography to yeah, this. I want nice. shadows, I want light, I, I want can, different effects, I want, like, everything. I can totally see that. And, and that section made me think, it just seems like he's a cinematographer that has everything, every single shot planned out. It kind of made me think of the comment that Aaron made where they said um, that in Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. every frame is a picture. Like, it's on purpose, that it's not blurry or anything. Yeah. That's how this felt. Nice. It felt like everything I was watching was intentional for me to see in this way. I just thought it was gorgeous. Um, and, like, for movies like this, where they're in the West, or even just old-timey movies... It can so easily be dull or boring because the colors are mostly beige. Yeah. And this felt so vivid and vibrant and alive. And I never, I mean, again, I'm very shortly into it. But I think that in itself makes a movie that's three hours long a little more interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, there was like a total ripoff scene from Gladiator where he's like touching the wheat when he walks oh. through the field, I was like, what is that? Is that the exact same shot from Gladiator? Doomed men just be touching wheat. Right. <laughs> they know that their mortality is fleeting. Uh, Maybe that will make you feel better about your mortality. Can we go touch a wheat field? Yeah, go touch some wheat. Listeners um, don't know about my crisis. <laughs> also, I know you described it exactly like this, but when they talk about his granulated eyelids, I literally couldn't stop laughing because yeah. it's over him not blinking I know. at all. I know. And it's like a f- 10 to 15 second narration. Yeah. I was dying. They're like, he would blink all the time. And he's like staring open-lidded. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. It was really you funny. Know, but I understand that. I just kind of wish they left it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um... Casey Affleck for sure gives me the willies to quote Sam Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> like, that whole scene with Sam Shepard, I was like, you're a sociopath. Yeah. Like, he instantly is creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, we just saw Richard Jewell, so this term comes to mind. He has a hero complex, hardcore, mm-hmm. where it's clear that he only wants to do something so that people will look at him as this higher being. It's like so a villain complex in this case, Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised that he ends up killing someone because he just wants attention. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's gross. A hundred percent, especially <laughs> because he's the runt. Yeah. Everybody, even not his family, is like, that's the guy who you pick on. He's good for nothing. Yeah. Everybody has this perception of him before he's even had a chance to prove himself. Yeah. I'm sure that puts a chip on your shoulder. Absolutely. Sure. And it's like a bummer, you know, to think of, I wonder what his upbringing was like, you know, but just seeing him at this point in his life, he really creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say is that just from that scene I watched of all the men kind of sitting around by the trees talking about women and stuff, mm-hmm. um... I thought everyone's acting is really good and really specific. Yeah, I love that scene. I imagine that if I finish the movie, that it that level of acting you need to get through how much they stew in each scene. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of sit in that scene for a long time, and it's not taking the plot anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. And But it's still fun to watch, because I really believe these people and the way that they're talking to each other because of their acting choices. So yeah. I, I think... For what this movie is, it seems like they have all the elements working for them. Mm-hmm. So far. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't finish it. So that's all I got. Alrighty. 
last movie of the round and the last one we're discussing today. J -j -j Junebug. <laughs> Junebug. I gotta tell you guys. A Junebug always loves his family. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of notes about this. So. I do too. And I, I was gonna sift through them before, but I figured I can sift through them as we talk. Yeah, she did take a lot of notes, so I'm excited to hear what they yeah, are. And they're generally in chronological order, Mine so too. that can maybe help. Cool. Um, this is exciting. I'm glad you've seen it too. Yeah. Because I there's like a lot of things that after seeing it, I really have different opinions about. Not mm -hmm. not as in opposing from you, just but that my my perception of it is different now. Before I get into this, I guess I would just like to say that overall, I really like this movie. Me too. I really love these kinds of movies, and it makes me feel like um, wanderlust mm. for you know states that I've never visited, like Midwestern and Southern states. That there's just I was just recently in Florida, and even that has a like a twinge of like. Uh, culture and like way of being that I'm not accustomed to having grown up in just mm -hmm. one state my entire life and um, I just I love it yeah I love the feeling and texture of like Midwestern and South like yeah. movies and they all kind of feel like in the same realm and I, I tend to get kind of critical with my notes and stuff but most of these are really just discussion topics mm -hmm. and I really did enjoy the film very very much yeah can we talk about, because my note is the immediate, the opening footage of those hollering men is insane. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? And it never really makes sense. Yeah. When um when I was editing the podcast, Kimmy was in the room, and I'm like, and whose name is billed first? It's Amy totally Adams. an alphabetical order. I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, so I re I rewatched it. I was like, it is alphabetical. So that's it hysterical. It kind of works out almost. It works out perfectly. It it's does. the women, then the brothers, then the parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, what better way could it go? Yeah. Um, but Kimmy, when I had it on, and just for that little clip, she's like, "What is the purpose of that?" And I realized I like never circled back to tell you guys the oh. bird calling was originally filmed to be um, Madeline researching the region that David Wark is from, and it was going to be her watching these videos, and it oh. was going to cut back and forth from the video to her, to the video to her, and just kind of seeing her puzzlement. And I'm glad they didn't do that, because... Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that it makes it seem avant-garde from the beginning. I'm like, what mm -hmm. am I getting myself into? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other fun fact is that one of those bird callers, like the second one, she said that... He showed up to the premiere of the movie wearing tuxedo overalls. Oh, that's amazing. Um, from the start of the movie, so I would just like to say that this totally didn't occur to me, like, as you were explaining it, but um, Alessandro doesn't look like he's from North Carolina, and then an accent comes out of his mouth, and I fully expected, like, a British accent to come out. Oh. <laughs> because of the way he looks and the way that I've seen him in other stuff. Right. And, like... I was just very shocked and surprised, and I was like, oh, duh, obviously he would, because he's from there. Yeah, right. You know? So that was quite shocking, mm -hmm. but um, I'll get into that a little bit later. Okay, here's my first discussion point ready. slash theory. It's a little far-fetched, okay? okay? I'm ready. Everyone's an alien. <laughs> Madeline is fucking the artist. <laughs> there is a video game. No, wait. What? Stop, 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 stop it. <laughs> um, okay, so their, their gallery... They're, they're art gallery people, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was a that this was very apparent from the opening scene where they're doing the auction and stuff. These gallery life people, they look at things on the outside as a visual representation and they decide if they're beautiful or <laughs> unique or worth having, which I felt was kind of representative of 
uh, Madeline and George's yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. They see each other. They call it love at first sight mm-hmm. because they're seeing the exterior. Because they're both hot. Yeah. <laughs> and they decide that they're in love. Yeah. And it's later on that when they get deeper and stuff, they realize that maybe they're not entirely compatible mm. or um, recognize that it's not truly what they wanted. I'm sure you're going to say that about David Wark's art. I was going to say. As yes. soon as you get to know David Wark... At what cost did I get this artist? But you know what? One of my first few notes on here is, I think his art is garbage. And I know there's a lot of famous art that, like, is famous, but I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like a child did that, but it's famous. Mm -hmm. His art, to me, looks like garbage. Child garbage. I might have written that later. I don't, probably not, but I definitely had that thought where it's like, I don't know why everybody thinks his art is such a hot commodity. Like... It, even, like, from what it represents, I don't think that that's, like, popular in the art world. I don't think that it's well-coveted or yeah. anything like that. I don't I don't understand the the hype of this guy's art and why, Yeah, you know. especially when you meet him. I was like, wow, I hate you immediately. <laughs> but maybe that's just, like, he's so eccentric, yeah. I must have. Because we're not, we're not in that culture right. at all. So, like, maybe it is the crazier you are, yeah. the more people want it. Mm. I think that the art is garbage for what it is, mm-hmm. but I like the artist who did it, the woman who did it. Like, mm. I like, because she did the poster for the movie, and I really like the poster. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's like, a cool style. And then, obviously, like, she didn't, on her own volition, like, paint a bunch exactly. of Civil War penises, mm-hmm. but I like her style, and I like mm-hmm. how it turned out. I think, I, I hated his art, like, for <laughs> what it is. Yeah, now I get you. But I like the look of it. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Does that woman's original art... Is doesn't that... look like that. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, uh, no, she's got other, like, very simple things. Okay. I found her, she's got, like, a store, and she does not sell her art for that much. And oh. I was like, someday I'll buy one of your That's paintings. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, even the things that they he writes, I was like, this is a children's notebook that he was bored in school, like, Yeah, like, he wrote, he wrote words above like, characters' I'm heads. gonna get you, like, yeah. on top of the yeah. character, like, that's what they're saying. I'm yeah. like, yeah, very artsy, very creative. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline, I find, like, from just, like, the first, you know, when she's looking at the art and stuff, when she first gets to North Carolina and stuff, she is, like you said, a really genuine person, and she just, she really just sees everybody for the beauty in them, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, like, gives everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I just thought that that was super sweet and likable and relatable, and so we forgive her for... She doesn't really do many things wrong, but, right. you know, by the end of it, we find out, oh, you know, you need to figure some shit out about your life before you can fully, you know, Meet live. a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just really like that about her. Yeah. Tiffany was all over their female friendship. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so it. heartwarming. Yeah. I thought you did a really good job of describing, uh, like, articulating to me how I should feel about Madeline, because oh, I felt you. the same when I watched it, of, like, I'm... I'm disagreeing with a lot of your choices, but I still don't dislike you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote pretty early on that everybody looks like an infant except for all, uh, sorry, except for Madeline. And mm-hmm. then I looked up, she is seven years older than Alessandro mm-hmm. in real life. And I was like, I can kind of tell, not that she looks like an old woman, but, but like. But don't you like how they make a lot of digs at her? Like at being yeah. older. <laughs> can, can she <laughs> still have kids? Yeah. She's, how old is she? Yeah. And it's like, she's not. Battles. But it's like, especially because I know most of these actors from other things, I just felt like all the leads, like the, you know, all the, not the parents, but the others, yeah. just look like literal babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone felt like a baby, even their behavior, even Alessandro, everyone felt like a baby to I me. don't know how old he was, but um, Johnny was 27 and mm. Amy was 31. He was 33. Then he would be 33. Yeah, she was 40. She was 40. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
okay, so then we got to the part where Amy is introduced. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really fun because that's like, that's her audition tape that I saw prior yeah. to seeing this movie. And I know me and Courtney spoke about it a little bit, but the difference between Amy Adams' audition tape and what they decided as the actual film performance, mm-hmm. what that was going to be, is so different, and totally. I did not expect that. It was way slower. Way slower, way subtler, not as energetic. Yeah. And um, I was kind of upset about that. Um, mm-hmm. That's you know? why I apologized in my explanation, because I was super giddy, and I was doing it, like, Giselle level. Kind of like the audition tape level. Kind of like the audition tape. like that. Yeah, and Kimmy and I laughed. We were like... That's probably, like, those producers probably just forwarded that audition tape to Disney, and they were like, here's your next Disney princess. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she pointed out that it's, like, telling of the level of talent that she has yeah. to be able to pull back like that and still exude that same kind of, like, naivete and, like, and and childishness and, and sweet nature um, in that even subtler yeah. way and stuff. I think that the intention still comes across the Agreed. exact same, but um, we pointed this out kind of in, in the recording of the episode, but uh, that we don't really get to see George a lot. And yeah. I know that we leave things out because not everything is important in an explanation, but mm-hmm. I really liked seeing what George is doing while Madeline is being introduced to the family. I agree. He's alone, and he's looking at the life that he used to have now that he's a city boy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I liked seeing him looking at the stuff that he doesn't get to have anymore. Yeah. And him reminiscing about that. And he, you know, throughout the film, he does become more connected mm-hmm. with his family. I don't know. I liked that about his character. I, I liked just seeing do. that about him. I, I kind of want to bring this up now because it's another discussion point, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked his character better. Not his character. I guess I would have liked the story better. If we had seen him being more like Madeline... Like, I wish, if we had spent a little bit more time before they got to the town, Mm -hmm. and this felt like character growth for him, I think I would have preferred that. But we really only see him in the art gallery. He really says one, like, artsy, uppity thing. To Madeline. To Madeline. Yeah. And then any other time we see him, it's when we're back at home, and he's instantly, like you said, looking at stuff and reminiscing. And then every scene after that, he's just getting increasingly more family-oriented, and I just never felt like he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so that yeah. kind of bothered me, because I'm like, obviously you're putting up a front for Madeline, but we didn't even really see that front, so this doesn't feel like a change. <gasps> I, don't know, I don't know if I want you to expand any more on that, because that comes to, like, some of my final thoughts oh, later okay. on in the Like movie. later? Yeah. I'm okay. really glad that you said that, though. Oh, to, it, is it to do with the end? Yes, end? it is me? to do with the end. Okay, okay, okay. So, moving on. I'm sorry that I have so much to say, but... It, this I think movie, Courtney's living for it. You are? Okay, good. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, I want to say this line because we passed it. Uh, I just thought it was the cutest thing ever is when um, the mom says to Ashley, she goes, she sure don't look like she can cook. And Amy just goes, I love her. <laughs> it's just so sweet. Instantly, she, she defends instantly her all is in the time. Yeah. Even before she's met her, I know I'm going to yeah, hate her. I can't I wait. It's so sweet. I can't wait. That's so cute. I wish I could feel that way about somebody. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Kimmy just said, that's so cute, and I need to apologize for how many times <laughs> I said that in the last episode. Because however many times you hear it, I edited it out four times as many. <laughs> I think I ended every discussion point with, it's really cute. How else do you put a pin on it? It's so cute. Yeah. Here's another kind of discussion point. Johnny and George mm. don't like each other. 
-hmm. They're brothers. But we don't get to figure out why they don't like each other as brothers. Which I really appreciate. Mm, that they don't spell it out for that us. That they don't spell it out for us. And we know, because because we're actors, that they must have done that work outside. For sure. To, you know, have specifics uh, with their performance. And I just love that. But then I get to speculate about what the conflict between the brothers is about. And I think that it's pretty clear that it's because George is really smart. Mm-hmm. And he is good looking. And he got out because he's has all these things going for him. Mm-hmm. And Johnny is really the antithesis of everything that George is. Yeah. And I see him feeling like he has to measure up to his brother all the time. Oh, and that's creating resentment. Scene. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit. Well, I mean, I'm going into it now. But he's always saying, I'm not stupid. I'm not an idiot. I'm not mm-hmm. stupid. He's saying that to Madeline when they're talking about Huckleberry Finn and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's always trying to compensate for the fact that he's not stupid. And I think that that really weighs on him. Yeah. And that's probably that's probably what it is. One of my one of the things that I started to think the more that I saw him doing that, defending himself and being jealous of his brother and being jealous, honestly, of, like, the type of relationship his brother has, like, compared to his. Mm-hmm. Because the only reason George didn't stick behind is because he didn't have a girlfriend holding him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, that's the reason he says he didn't graduate. And then I don't know how long they've been graduated, but obviously, like... He knocked her up on accident, mm-hmm. and it just, it seems to me like maybe he, like he said, he wanted to move to D.C. Who's to say he wouldn't have been really successful and met a hot wife later mm-hmm. if he had, you know, not met the love of his life so young? Yeah. And it just so happens that George was single and could go do whatever, and... Mm-hmm. And I also don't believe that he's not a smart person. Yeah. And this is so funny, I was just having a conversation with my family about this, that the way that we view intelligence in our society is not necessarily a good... Reflection of it. It's about yeah. privilege a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Be- I'm sure that he's smart in the in the ways that he is. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not a great test taker, or maybe he's not very good at book reports like we see. Or maybe he has, like, untreated ADHD, because he very can't possible. even read a book. Yeah. You know? Or dyslexia. We don't know. Yeah. But, but either way, like... Those things, it's a matter of privilege because even if you have those things, you can still go to college when you have the right resources yeah. to help you through. And like maybe their school didn't offer those things. And it's like not everyone is good in school. Like yeah. school is hard for some people. And um, that's not a reflection of your intelligence, it's yeah, a reflection absolutely. of how long you're willing to sit in a classroom and everything. Yeah. But what also is, is really sad is, yeah, he was tied down with a girlfriend. But then we don't really know the ins and outs of her family, but she doesn't have a I family. Mm-hmm. So. They, they obviously were in love, and they wanted to bang, mm-hmm. and so they had to get married to do that, and so they got married, like it seems, in high school, because that's why he didn't graduate, right. and that's just kind of, like, what they do, and it's just so sad, because you would think that Eugene and Peg would say, Ashley can move in with us, she doesn't have a family anymore, you guys don't need to get married, like, hold right. off on the marriage thing, but they, they up and wa- went and got married, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he had to go and get a job at a factory to pay for her, right. and pay, f- and again, like, it, it's just, it's, it's all very... We had to do this, so we're doing it, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, planning out their future and thinking it through. Yeah. Because they didn't think through the baby. She desperately wanted one, and he never wanted one. This kind of mm. reminds me, this is, like, cliche, but also very accurate, of that picture where it's, like, a drawing of a bunch of different animals, and they say, all right, smartest one, like, gets to the top of the tree first. It's like, a fish can't beat a monkey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not a test of your worth or intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, we have different skill sets. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Okay, here's one of my negatives. Um, I only noticed it one time way later in the movie, but if I went back, I bet I would see it a lot more. 
is that the camera is getting the backs of people's heads at really pivotal emotional moments. I noticed that only in the very end, but maybe I would have noticed it more when when George is about to leave. Yeah. I was like, why am I, like, only seeing part of Herschel's face? I, like... (laughs) Madeline, I can't remember, but Madeline says a line, I'm like, that would have been really nice to see what her expression is, Mm. you know? And uh, it's really, like, unemotional and and disconnected shots during really important moments, and and I think that's a huge downer for this movie that is very, like, simplistic, like, you need that. With brilliant actors. Yes. Who would give you what you want if you just film their face, yeah. The scene that Amy got her nom from, mm. like, great. I love her acting. I love the acting from everybody in this film, truly. But they did not capitalize, as far as camera work goes, on that performance at all. The shot is, like, really low. And just stagnant and the whole far time. away, we get, it's a, it's a dirty shot, so we're seeing some of Alessandro in oh, it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because, you know, in this era, we become really reliant on close-ups, and I know that's not thought of very highly in the filmmaking world is, you know, um, using that as like a gimmick or something or something easy to do. But I felt really separated from this really emotional moment. And I want to get up in there and see what she's going through and feel like connection to that. And I I just think that that was a poor camera choice. That'd be a really good and bold thing to do based upon her entrance in the movie is Mm -hmm. just a straight up big shot of her face, like yes. that mega close-up, like, yeah. yeah, they could have done something. I wonder if they were just were like, no, the idea is that it's stillness, we're not even going to move the camera once, it's like a play, you mm-hmm. just have to watch the whole thing. I will, um, actually politely disagree. Fair I, I liked... <laughs> order, order! <laughs> oh my god, it's getting heated. <laughs> I'm sweaty. <laughs> I, um, I, I would agree that it was too low, because I felt like it was a weird angle to watch somebody be emotional at, but, yeah. um, I really liked being able to see him, because I thought he was doing a great job of, um, as an actor and as a character, being a comforter to her. Mm-hmm. Because he's just constantly holding her hand and, like, rubbing her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it really made me feel the closeness of the characters. And there was just... I wasn't expecting how... I cried a lot more than I thought I was going to cry. Like, mm-hmm. I expected to cry, but I just felt really broken by every single thing she said. And there was something about the way that she was crying that also was getting me. Because I've seen her cry in, like, one or two things, you mm-hmm. know? But sure. But I don't know. There was something about it that just felt very real. And the fact that it was far away and not... I don't know. Sometimes a close-up to me screams, this is my Oscar moment. And so I appreciated that I just felt like, wow, this person is really feeling this pain. Hmm. That she didn't feel a second ago. Well, not not to say she didn't feel, but she wasn't expressing a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay if you didn't like it. I well, just liked it. I will slightly counter (laughs) (laughs) rebuttal (laughs) I don't think that being far away lacks emotion I think that it's something that you can utilize for a specific feeling which I did get when Peg comes in and sits down by herself at the table and that's far away and she just cries alone by herself I was more affected by that were you at that moment and that's like similar depth in the shot so I don't really know. I guess that wasn't truly a counter. <laughs> well, it's, it was an agreement, it seems yeah. like, because, yeah, yeah, there are there are times when close-ups serve you and there are times when far-away yeah. shots serve you, and I can see both your guys' points because mm-hmm. I like that 
I got to sit in that moment with them. It's like you are the other person comforting her and just yeah, sitting and in being way. an ear to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like, it it was a missed opportunity to do something because, mm-hmm. yeah, it is a very funky shot. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's her amazing moment, and it's like you couldn't have made her <laughs> look like, yeah. you know. Uh, it is an... Uh, I was going to say... I decided not to say this, but now I will. It is a very unattractive shot for oh, her yeah. mm-hmm. as an actor, but... That's life, you know? Especially you're, when you just had a baby. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're not attractive after you've, you know, given birth to a stillborn, you yeah. know? And um, I I think that that's fine. That's fair. That complements yeah. the situation. But, I don't know, something was missed for me in that yeah. moment. That's fine. I really liked when she talked about why would God do this. Mm. That really affected me. And that's when I started to cry because that's like the epitome of a lot of these people's lives is Mm -hmm. their connection to God, their Mm -hmm. connection to their religion, and she's questioning that in her life. I thought that was heartbreaking. And we see her at the baby shower praying that she is given a child who follows you, Jesus, in their heart, and it's just, yeah. I think it's not my fault hurt me the most. That hurts Mm. me the most. And, I mean, even just why would you paint a cradle brown that's so sad because it starts out as something really childish and trivial that Ashley would care about. Right. But it's not my fault. That definitely gets you the most Mm -hmm. because it's like, this is like, this is not what I'm saying at all, but like having seen this movie so many times, you see them kind of laying the foundation for she's not healthy. She's starving herself to look good for her husband. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what prenatal vitamins are when Madeline asks her. And, uh, you know, she's, like, not really giving in to her pregnancy cravings. And she's, like, working out while she's in the third trimester. I don't think you're supposed to be doing workout stuff when you're... The doctor told her she needs to nap, and instead she goes upstairs and Mm -hmm. does, like, sit-ups and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I don't think she was... And the baby was pushing on her nerves. There's, like, a lot of things that add up along the way that, like... This is not the healthiest pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks great. Like, she's she looks big and she looks healthy and everything. But, oh, knowing the ending and hearing how, how many times I've had to watch this movie now, yeah. like, there are signs along the way where you're like, oh, no. And, mm-hmm. and Ashley then, doesn't know better. Yeah. And, like, maybe if you had a husband supporting you more, you guys would have, I don't know. Things would have been easier. Like, yeah. he wouldn't mm-hmm. have cared about the way you look. Or... And exactly the stress that she must yeah. be under to, like, Just trying she to get his attention? Know. Yeah, if Johnny's, yeah. like, when she's in labor, she's comforting in Johnny. And she says, no, just relax. Right. And it's like, you relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kimmy pointed out, like, when they go to get into the car, he makes her scoot over. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, there, there's just a lot of things where, of course, that's not what leads to stillbirths. Right. It's mm-hmm. not at all. Like, anybody who's had the healthiest pregnancy of their life can still mm-hmm. have that. But it's just kind of like, it's really sad to see how hard she worked. And she says that and says, it's not my fault. And yeah. I worked so hard and I did all those things. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 Okay. Moving forward a little bit more. I don't think that George and Madeline stay together. I don't this. either. Okay. I wrote that yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Maybe if they played car games. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that they stay together after this film ends. Um, and I think there's a couple hints throughout about this. Because at the beginning of the film, when she snags a cigarette, she says... <gasps> oh my god, I had notes about the cigarettes okay. too. <laughs> she says, don't tell George. Yeah, and yeah. that comes full circle at the end. And George says to the same... To, uh, Peg also yep. tell Madeline, mm-hmm. and we see how much honesty and just like kind of like upfrontness about their feelings that um, Peg and the dad are kind of to each other. Like this is how I feel about Madeline. This is what you need to do, and they kind of talk it out in their own way, far more than 
George and Madeline do. Well, yeah. then, along with that, do Ashley and Johnny stay together? I think that they do. I think they do, too. I think they do, too. Yeah. I think that he... Okay, so this is... Sorry. I just want to, like, <laughs> side note into this before we get off of it, but I would like to continue this conversation, too. Okay. Um, I feel like because his brother came back and he's able to see what that whole relationship is like and able to see, I guess in a way, kind of this jealousy that he has of his brother, like, confronting him, that combined with the traumatic experience, I think, forces him to grow a little. Mm. Because he realizes, I do have something wonderful. I don't know how to show my feelings. I'm going to try a little bit by saying we can have a baby. You know, because he, he at least, we see him at the end making an effort to fix yes. things. Mm-hmm. And we see Ashley getting super excited over the phone for it, but we know she's grown immensely because yeah. she's never, she's definitely experienced heartbreak in her life, but she has just gone through it with like a Pollyanna attitude of like, sure. it's fine though, I'll be okay, and now she's going to have to go through it all again, and like, mm-hmm. you can just tell that they're going to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think um, a moment specifically, and I loved this scene, I thought it was so telling of both of the characters, but... I think this might have pushed Johnny a lot, is when he throws the wrench at his brother. Mm-hmm. And I think he wanted his brother to fight him. I think he wanted an excuse to fight him because yeah. of all the jealousy and like all the stuff he's been through. But his brother takes it, and you can see on George's face, like, I understand, I have the maturity to leave. And I think that affects Johnny because he's like, well, shit. I really thought that would at least yeah. make him not be perfect. Like, maybe I should try a little harder. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, he just wants to see George fall from grace, but yes. instead George comes into town and is like, let me sing a hymnal for you <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but continuing, yes. Um, some other hints that makes me think that they don't end up together. I find that the real purpose of all of these things taking place in this movie happening is to change Madeline and make her into a better person or a, a different person that realizes the importance of family more than she did at the beginning of the film so that she's primed for the next relationship because then at the end um George says I'm so fucking glad that we're out of there mm-hmm. and Madeline doesn't agree and I don't even think that George truly means it either mm-hmm. I think that they're still fronting for one another to try and make this relationship work I think so, too. And she does the last touch on him because that's, like, her way to communicate love. Mm-hmm. In the, and I think that's the last time, you know? Mm. I don't know if it's the last time. I just do think their relationship's going to fade out because yeah. they just don't understand each other. And I also don't know if it's about teaching Madeline to be better or more fo- family-oriented because I'm kind of like, maybe she doesn't need to be. She's, like, a career woman. Mm-hmm. Let her go be a career woman and living in the big city and George can move back to North Carolina mm-hmm. yeah. if those are the things that he wants. Um, instead, I think it's just, like, they both need to learn... And that's, I love that you started this by talking about the art world only being focused on an appearance because Mm -hmm. they're now going to experience probably a divorce of going through life thinking that, oh, well, as soon as you meet the one, everything's going to work out. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that you should ever marry someone you met a week ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I wonder, too, if he only said that because we're starting a road trip of a million hours and what else am I going to say? Mm-hmm. Like, the last experience we had was me being upset with you for not being at the hospital, and that's a giant conversation to get into in the car. Maybe he's like, 
let's just pretend this never happened. It's like we never came out here. But what's rough, too, is it's like that might be the perfect time to talk about it when you're forced <laughs> to sit in a car and yeah. have a conversation that you can't escape yeah. until, like, what, you're going to pull over and then not have the conversation? Um, yeah. We talked about how there's an alternate ending where they play car games instead. And if they had played those, we might see hope that it would lead into a bigger conversation. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that if that was the ending, I would have thought they stayed together. Yeah. Yeah. But I maybe the director doesn't want that. Maybe. <laughs> and yeah. so he changed it. And it just is so sad that George would say something so harsh about his family who we know he loves yeah. and who we love. We've seen it. And who I think Madeline loves. Yeah. And he's not mm-hmm. letting Madeline have that chance. Mm-hmm. Madeline wants to go see Ashley, and I think Madeline would have cheered her up, but he doesn't let her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's already decided that, that she this... doesn't get to be in the family. Yeah. That's mm. so dark. <laughs> <laughs> because or yeah. he knows that it'll just be more painful for them both if he if he essentially leads on this relationship. Fine, then I think maybe he's already broken up with her in his mind. Yeah. And like maybe this is his last chance to appeal to her of like, if I say I'm so glad we're out of there, you'll never want to go back and we'll just be hot forever in Chicago. Mm. And like that's just what we'll do. We'll just be hot people who don't care about anything in a very surface level. Yeah. Wow, this is deep talk. (laughs) That's the thing that I loved about this movie so much is it gave me a lot more to think about than I originally um, expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's great. Like you said at the end, it's not a perfect film, and I think that they really missed out on playing to some emotional moments, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is a slice of life, and I think that the lack of exposition gives the viewer a lot to think about. I don't think I would have liked this movie as much if I didn't have this to come back to afterwards. Because, a discussion? Yeah, because I think that I would have watched it, and especially because I've already had it explained, I can analyze it a little better, but mm-hmm. I think having, if I were to go into this, never having seen it, knowing that I probably won't talk to you guys about it, like say you guys had never seen it, I would watch it, let it wash over me, and be like, that was fine. But mm-hmm. the whole time I was looking for things and picking it apart and therefore found a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't we lucky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love that. And on that note, I guess this would be the great time to segue into... Um, watching movies is very fun when you know you have a podcast to come back to mm-hmm. and explain and discuss with your friends. So we wanted to wrap this episode, the last episode of the year... Talking about some of our favorite moments from the podcast and just kind of reminiscing on some of the stuff we've done and been through. (laughs) (laughs) Same exact noise. Same exact face. (laughs) We're just little cherubs over here. Like, (laughs) What are your Um, favorite moments? Well, I guess I'll start with in the very first episode of our podcast, which as we've said before, people should listen to. It's not our format. It's not a rap format or simply spoilers. It's just us kind of introducing ourselves. And I love the little song that Courtney wrote, which is we all hate a star is born. That star should die in a fire. <laughs> That's my favorite. I and I will her. forever get that song stuck in my head. I guess uh, piggybacking off of that, I love like during the first half of this year, our incessant bashing on Dunkirk. Oh. <laughs> I think we have two cold opens back in a to row back. that are just like, fuck Dunkirk. <laughs> but it's a turd. <laughs> it's so bad. <sighs> I do like how, if, if I were to go back and listen to all of them in a row, we have phases where we'll have a joke that we latch onto for a while. Like in our first few episodes, we talked about, what's that guy's name? Oh, uh, John Carroll Lynch. We talked about him so often. We couldn't <laughs> escape the John yeah. Carroll Lynch. 
Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, anytime that we have movies that we keep coming back to, that's a fun time. Um, and I also just love that we have, what I love about our format, too, is just that we always have questions to talk about other movies we wouldn't normally get to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, editing this podcast, the joy is always finding those cold opens. <laughs> yeah. I love the cold opens. The cold opens are a blast. What would you, Courtney asked me this earlier, Ooh. she says, what is your favorite Oh, no, your question was, what is the funniest thing that you think you've said on the podcast? Mm. And I, I've gone back and just listened to all the cold opens because that's, like, one of my favorite parts yeah. to listen to. And <laughs> some of those are fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my my favorite cold open is when Kayleen, you said... I know what you're going to say. Earhart? No, no. Oh. It's, the, it's the cold open. From Crawl? No, yeah. You get it for Crawl and you say, crawl. I want my nipples to touch the water directly. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't put that on the podcast. I do love that you say that. <laughs> Don't you say that's the that's title the title. Now? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the funniest thing I've ever said is, but I definitely, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I love when I make dumb puns. That's, like, my favorite part. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite parts is when we go back to my red-eye joke, and you're like, that's just so stupid. <laughs> uh, His red eyes. <laughs> the red ones. Yeah, it went, like, a full, full beat before you went back to that. It was like you were talking about something else, and you're like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I think just one of my favorite games to play and what I've always loved doing is when I make up names for people. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, because yeah. I think we had, uh, you came up with Sherbert Wyndham That's from Face one. Off, yes. but I named him like Thorbird Goodwin, yeah. Yeah. and then Tina Fanana was Meryl Streep's character from Death Becomes Her, right. and then Damien Schuyler was the crow. <laughs> oh, that was good. That's still a good yeah. emo name. And I'm super mad too, because I almost named him Derek, and then his name is... Eric. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. so close. Yeah. I think my favorite movie to explain was probably Swiss Army Man. Oh. oh. Well, just, like, you liked explaining it or you liked the movie the best? I liked explaining it because on my own, I know that we did that in tandem. Yeah. But on my own, I don't think that many of the movies that I've explained I've been exceptionally passionate about oh. outside of that one. And I just was so excited to to reiterate it for yeah. you, Kayleen, and, and excited on the prospect of you watching it. That was a you fun know? wrap, too. I really enjoyed discussing that with mm-hmm. you guys after. Mm-hmm. So that's the, your favorite you've explained? Yeah, I think so. Kayleen, I feel like, has all the bangers. Yeah. Yeah, I like... I feel pretty good about the ones we've done. No, like, but, like, your solos, like, Serenity is a great episode. Face-Off's a fun, fun episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, you like Serenity. And then what's the one that we always, oh, you love the Intruder. I love the Intruder <laughs> episode is probably one of the most fun times I've had on the podcast. What yeah. I love so much about the Intruder is that it was a bad movie, which those are always to blast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that we, I just felt like we had a lot of really good social commentary on that episode, too, mm-hmm. which was one of the first times we really had one that was, like, that much of that, and also yeah. still really funny, and that movie's just crazy. Like, all the quotes that we got to say that are real quotes is just insane. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I always tell people to start with that one, and that's, I think it's still my favorite, but it's because I think it's the earliest one that's that much of a banger. Oh, the like, intruder? Yeah, it's yeah. the start of our round, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. One of my other favorite things about this podcast is realizing how good Corny is at impressions and accents. Oh, you're so good at impressions. Oh my god. It's like insane. (laughs) Oh my god. Especially in um, 
the lighthouse episode. Like, <laughs> and Christopher Walken. Like, that's pretty good. I, oh, I, so I remember when we first started, like, before we had even officially launched, and I told Riley about it, she listened to our, our Fargo beta test. Oh, gosh. And she goes... Courtney's really good at the accents. I was like, yeah, no, I didn't even try. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm over so the nice. accents. I can't, I couldn't even try to do the lighthouse accent if I, if I wanted to, you know? Like, Sorry, <laughs> with the C. I can't, I, I can't I do it. It's going to sound fucked. so bad. I think my, my impressions level goes as far as if I watch a movie and someone says something, I can do it immediately after hearing it. But mm. trying to pull it out of thin air, I'm just, I forget everything I've ever heard. <laughs> I will never do an impression. Oh! <laughs> See, so you gotta it. just be willing to do it, because I know, like, when we did Insomnia, my Al Pacino impression. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> it made no sense. And I was like, I don't care, like, that's what he sounds like in yeah, my mind. Yeah. Um, but I was, I think it was you I was talking to, Kayleen, about, um, sometimes the movies Kayleen explains are funnier when she explains it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because she adds her own flair to whatever line she is quoting. Whereas when I quote it, like, the intonation and everything, it's exactly the same. And it, it's, <laughs> I was telling her, too, it's funny because it's not, I'm not trying to do that. It's just, it must go through the Kayleen filter, and that's how I perceived it. And then it comes out, and yeah. that's, like, not right. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, if I don't say it exact, it's like, why even explain it? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think one of my favorite impressions, even if it's not correct, is hooker who can't afford hooks. It was okay. not like that Your at all. Your Matthew McConaughey impression is, like, so good. And that's not how it is in the film? No. Oh my gosh. Why would you lie to me like that? It was so subtle and just whatever. And, like, he was like, hooker who I think hooks. My favorite one was when he said, isn't it funny how you think? Nobody knows anything. But what, what is it? Everybody but, knows everything. Everybody thinks they know everything, but reality, nobody knows anything. <laughs> and that's the extent of my impression. Again, that was a Kimmy doing a Kayleen filtered Kayleen impression of Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> that was like four levels removed from Matthew. Yeah. She's willing to do four level removed impressions. Yeah, but not first level. Another thing that I love was um, collaborating with the Take 3 movie podcast. Oh, yeah. Boys, our nephews. I just, I know that we talked about it already on the Lobster episode, but that's, like, a great thing about this podcast Mm -hmm. is meeting other people who love film just as much as you do. And I just really appreciate and respect that relationship that we've made with them. And I just, I love what they do. I love you guys. <laughs> and, and you know what else? Um, obviously, praise to the boys because we love them. But what's so funny about starting this is we've kind of found this weird underground network of all the movie podcasts at, a, sim- at a similar or highly, highly, at a similar or higher level than us where it's like everyone's following all the same people. Like we mm-hmm. kind of have this little like Instagram slash a little bit on Twitter, but way more on Instagram community of people who are all listening to and supporting each other. Yeah, so I want to know who those people are because I want to look you in the eyes over Instagram yeah. <laughs> and tell you, hey, go listen to Take 3. But then right. I also want to know like what of yours should I give a listen to? Right, um, yeah. Yeah, what other podcasts have you listened to, Kayleen, that like just from this network that have like really... Yeah, Done okay. the opposite of ground your gears. I don't know, wound your gears? <laughs> <laughs> they really wound my gears. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first one, which this one was a real bummer because I found out that they aren't doing it anymore, um, mm-hmm. is this podcast that was called Does Your Favorite Movie Suck? Mm-hmm. And I listened to so many of their episodes and I was so into it and I thought it was two guys 
And I thought they did such a good job. And um, often they, it wasn't like, it wasn't, the point of it wasn't to shit on movies. It was at the end, sometimes they went, no, it doesn't suck. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they went, wow, that really didn't hold up. I was sad because I went and looked at their Instagram and they hadn't posted in months. And I realized that they, I think they had set out to do a hundred episodes and then they completed it and they wow. stopped. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it was sad, but they're really good. And so obviously go give their project a listen, but it's just like a bummer. We can't really interact with them because they're done, I think. Yeah. Um, second one that I really started getting big into, which I've like briefly talked to them on Instagram is This is the Pits, which mm. I know you've also listened to a couple of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're adorable. I really like them. Um, I ended up just by, like, kind of listening to them when I would run out of Take 3 episodes and stuff, <laughs> and then I just, like, grew. It's it's funny, listening to more and more podcasts and getting more into it, I start to feel like these are my friends, and then, therefore, I stop even really evaluating their level of analysis. Because, because you hear them so much that you're like, yeah, I'm just having a conversation. I'm just having a conversation <laughs> with my buds. Like, yeah, I'm not going to get mad at them because it's my friends. So, yeah, then I started listening to, I've listened to all the episodes of theirs on movies I've seen. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of Brad Pitt movies I realized I hadn't seen. And um, I do love This Is The Pits, that just, it's it's a Brad Pitt podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, sidebar, sidebar, I want to come back to hear more of the podcast, because I know Kayleen has another one she's probably dying to talk about, but, like, if you guys were to pick an actor to do this Ooh. on, and, like, could you come up with a fun pun for their name? Oh, I mean, of course I would Rockin do Rockin' and rollin'. <laughs> rockin' and rollin'. Oh, for Rockwell. Rockwell. Rockwell and rollin'. <laughs> Rockwell and live hot. <laughs> oh. That's a good one. Rockwell and live hot. You'd have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, his would be fun. I mean, obviously, because he's my favorite, but his would be fun because he's not an A-lister. Yeah. And he also has a crap ton of movies I've never seen. And, like, eventually maybe I'll watch them all, but there's some where I'm like, I know that's a fart movie, so I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> Um, and his IMDb is insane. Like, yeah. I'm sure bigger than Brad's because Sam takes a lot of side roles. You'd have you'd have already three years of the content. You yeah. have like 150 credits if you do one a week. It's, it's <laughs> more than 100 for sure. So Dang. yeah, I yeah. would have plenty of time. Whereas I think This Is The Pits is running out. Yeah, Yo, they're for sure running out. They're yeah. already up to the big short. And yeah. like, there's like two that's movies. Like, that's like that now. Movie. Yeah, that's like now. I think if I were to do one, I would call it the Adams Family. Oh, that's actually adorable. <laughs> I've I've honestly toyed with this idea. I'm like, if I really had no like all the time in the world, which I don't. Yeah. Like this podcast is, it's already like a whole child to take care of. I kind of feel like if I were to ever do it, not to say I wouldn't want to do it with you guys, but I would maybe do like from the circle opens how Sarah does it by herself. Maybe I would, do it I by would just take this project yeah. on as my own. I would do it by myself and then um, just because I would want to just sit there and speak into the void about how much I love Amy Adams. Yeah. And I've seen almost all of her filmography. Uh-huh. And then like occasionally I think I would have guest stars where like I know that one of you would like to talk about that mm-hmm. movie and then I just would do that. Like that's something I'm toying with. Yeah. The I'm... Adams Family coming to you in 2021. What, what I love about <laughs> that is that I bet you'd get so many people who click on it just to go, she spelled the Adams Family wrong. And then they would realize <laughs> Leap year. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what spinoff is that? <laughs> um, so lastly, the big one that I've been very into, and again, it just kind of turned into the same thing where I'm like, these are my friends, so I'm going to listen to every episode, is... Teenage Dirtbags with a Z, um, a Z because they're from Canada, and we are from America, so Z is so odd to me. But... I am Canadian. Huh? <laughs> well, I am Canadian. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm 50% Canadian. You have never told me in our friendship that your mom is from Canada. 
And this is brand new information. <laughs> my grandparents were from Nova Scotia. Well, are you? <laughs> Imposter. <Canadian. laughs> I'm Courtney with a Z. <laughs> I'm Courtney with a Z. I'm Courtney, eh? Um, but no, I actually didn't know that uh, other countries said Z like an embarrassing amount of time into my life. And oh. then I heard an English person say it and went, I'm sorry. Anyway, Teenage Dirtbags, I started by just listening to ones. I, I've told Courtney that when I listen to a new podcast, I instantly go for something that I have a very strong opinion about. Mm-hmm. I think the first episode of theirs I listened to is Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always do that because I'm like, if you know, if you have a harsh opposite opinion, like I'll, I'll give you one more chance, yeah. <laughs> and then it's it's over. Um, so I don't remember exactly which ones I started on, but I think the first one is Dirty Dancing, and no, actually, I started on their very first episode. Oh, you did, which, which was Ten Things I Hate About You, okay. because I was like, I enjoy that movie, so why not listen to it? Um, but I did maybe maybe the next one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is I, I would like to start as far in the beginning as I can after that because I want to, like, know the jokes and the backstory of the people. Um, and they're just so cute. They're just, like, two friends who met at work and then realized they had all this stuff in common and they often are telling anecdotes about their teenage lives. And it's so, like, I'm not going to message them during every episode I listen to and be a psycho, but, um... There have definitely been stories they've told where I'm like, I have that I- identical story. Or I have a friend that has that identical story. Like, um, remember that time Jesse, your twin, sent a picture of a hot guy to himself? Yeah. One of she them, screenshotted him? Yes, to send to us. Yeah. One time, one of them did that. And I was like, that is us. <laughs> we are all the same. Um, so they're adorable, and I really like their friendship and... Um, they do, They. I think they're pretty persistent with doing every week. Every Thursday. So that's yeah. very exciting. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's that's all the big ones for me. The ones that I would like to recommend, um, it's not totally in line with ours, but boy, did Jordan from Take 3 get me hooked on the circle opens. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's so good. And I am, like, having a hard time just reading the stand without thinking about the episode that I want to listen to right after. Oh, yeah. Because um, I do read a chapter, and then I'm like, Okay, well, if I read another chapter, that's great, because then I'll have two episodes to catch up on. But then at times, I'm just like, but I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know her thoughts on this right now. Well, so that's nice. It's like having a friend who's doing the same thing as you. It is great, because I've tried and tried again to, like, do book clubs in my adulthood. And, like, I've only had one successful run in it, mm-hmm. where I think we did three-person book club, and both of them got to have their books read. But as soon as it got to my book, they just were like, oh, I forgot. <gasps> Fuck them. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like having a book club, and... At the same time, uh, my older sister, who guest starred on our Drop Dead Gorgeous episode, Sammy, she's doing it with me. And she's listening to The Aww. Circle Opens now. And um, it's, it's just really been cool. such a wonderful time. And we both love Stephen King. And I just love that Sarah from The Circle Opens refers to all of us as, like, constant readers, because that's what Stephen King calls, oh, like... Oh, that's cute. It's, it's really sweet. So I love that. Um, and then as far as film ones go... I really, this is just a new one for me, and ended up discovering a whole treasure trove of, like, 200-something episodes. It's the only podcast about movies, and I've really only been listening to them, they're consistent ones. I haven't gone far back into them, because, again, they've been doing this for years, but um, I started with Parasite, and from there it's just been Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Mm. Frozen 2... The Lighthouse, and I've been having such a wonderful time. I wonder yeah. if I listened to that one. Is it two dudes? Yeah. Yeah. 
Matt and Shahir. Um, I did listen to one because Courtney had talked about them, so I listened to their one on The Perfection, specifically because I was gonna go start at the beginning because their Instagram was kind of recently started, Mm -hmm. so I was under the impression they had 30-ish episodes. They have over 200, so I was like, I can't scroll to the bottom. Um, So I picked The Perfection because I have strong opinions on it, and um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the one I listened to. So those are those are my pod recommendations. Nice. Um, and what a glorious time that we've had this past year getting to do that because before we started this, I did not listen to movie podcasts. Me either. Mm-hmm. Just screen yeah. junkies. That's it. Right. To close out this year and this this episode, I have an on the fly question that we can totally cut if you guys don't want to answer. Oh. But going into the next year, what are some movies that you are? thinking of doing on the pod or that you would like to do on the pod what are some things you would like to explain or have explained to you if any i'm still very interested in doing 12 monkeys at some point Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this next time but some point you haven't seen sucker punch no oh you haven't seen i have okay i've seen the first 20 minutes about five times oh that's interesting (laughs) i guess i i mean i love sucker punch yeah i would like to learn more about the film as a whole and that's something that i've really enjoyed about this podcast is that i feel so much more well educated just through discussion agreed and um i would love to explain sucker punch to you courtney i would love that me and kayleen could do that because i get the gist of it but um and i would still it's such a visual movie that i would super love to watch it even after knowing what's going to happen Mm-hmm. Have either of you seen Election? No. Is that the one with uh, Reese? Reese? I haven't seen that. Can I explain that? Because that's sure. next on my list. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, Good yeah. for us. Yes. I've made it a point to only do for my sole explanations Bechtel test passing movies. Oh, that's movies. awesome. And, I mean, she is the lead. I'm just, like, racking my brain right now. I'm like, I hope it passes the Bechtel test. It's funny because I like so many old movies that a lot of them do not pass. Right? Yeah. 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 I think there's no way that I could do this on the pod, but I'd really like to watch The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Oh. And that's three movies, right? It is, yeah. So it's so... Right, right. How am I going to do that? But I still want to do it and be like, if it's possible to figure out a way to explain that to you guys, I would totally do it. I have thought, um, because eventually we do want to do a decom. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it would probably be me and Courtney. Yeah, I I kind of haven't seen that many. What I kind of want to make Kayleen do is like have... A, like a six hour movie day where we watch all three of the Descendants movies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another one that I'm really looking forward to doing because I'm sure you two won't have objections to this, but it's a Bong Joon Ho film called The Host, which is funny because he's mm. totally coming for that Oscar with Parasite. And years ago, he had a movie called The Host, and mm-hmm. I would like to to do that one. That's cool. It doesn't pack the best. Doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Mm. <laughs> but the lead is a female. Well, well, I guess then the last thing that there is to say is we'll be taking a short, short break between now and um, our next episode for the holidays. Um, this is supposed to come out around Christmas, maybe on Christmas. We'll see. Um, and then our next episode, we know when we're dropping because it is the day that the Oscar noms come out. Mm. So our next episode after this one will be January 13th. And hopefully by then we're actually going to have a couple new additions to the podcast. Not people, just like things. <laughs> so confused. We're going to have like, you know, new pets or like, no, no. Um, some refurbishing? Yeah, some refurbishing is a good oh, way to Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> some um, updates. You yeah. Know, you know. Just be a little bit different when you hear us next time, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, um... Our next episode is going to be a Simply Spoilers on our top 10 movies of 2019. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, which if all of us have wildly different tastes, it could be a top 30. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Because <laughs> it will be each of us individually listing our top 10, but yeah. there's guaranteed crossover. For mm-hmm. sure. Serenity on all of our lists. <laughs> Probably number two on all of them, right? <laughs> it's coming for number one, oh, okay, man. Cool. It's, it's up there. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, happy 2019, year of the pod, Yay. to my best friends and to everyone listening, all two of you. <laughs> Podcast out.